Donald Trump, don't claim you've never heard of him, has signed an executive order that's designed to lower drug prices for Medicare and Medicaid by saying that the government won't pay any amount greater than the lowest price paid by any other country for the same drugs. People who know how this works say that this won't have any immediate impact, but Trump doesn't really care so long as he ultimately gets a bargain on the drugs he needs for dementia. On Sunday, a CNN host did an early termination of an interview with a Trump spokesman when that representative kept dodging questions about the Western fires and Trump's interviews with author Bob Woodward. More reporters doing what Jake Tapper did might encourage the administration to stop dodging and weaving. Are you listening, Fox? NPR? And regarding the Western fires, the president repeated his assertion that the fires are the fault of the states where they're occurring. Uh, Primarily, that would be California and Oregon because those states need to do a better job of sweeping the forest. Yes, I said sweeping because that's what he said. He wants them to go in with a broom and sweep the forest. Just hearing that makes me so sick that I want to make myself feel better by following his other suggestion, you know, the one about injecting bleach. Also, the president held a rally in Nevada where there were few masks and no social distancing, I believe he also just did that in Wisconsin. He's been criticized for it. Now, people just don't understand. If it's true that the country is polarized politically and we only talk to and spend time with the people who agree with us, this is perfect. With less than two months before the election, the more of his voters that are unable to vote because of catching the virus. Okay, I'm just saying. And did you hear the president of the United States is up for a Nobel Peace Prize? No, not Obama, Trump. And no, that's not a joke. Okay, it is a joke, but it's not made up. The first response is, how in the world could that happen? And if that is your response, it's because you assume incorrectly that nominations for that prize are done by the committee that awards the prize, and that's not true. Almost any university or college professor in any country in the world can nominate someone. That doesn't mean that any specific nominee has a chance in hell of getting it, but of course anything is possible. Sorry, Donald, almost anything. By the way, many of you will be too young to remember this and too uninterested to read history, but during the height of the Vietnam War, then Secretary of State and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger was nominated for that same prize. He was one of the architects of some of the cruelest bombing strategies the world had ever seen, and he was nominated for the Peace Prize. He didn't get it either. Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, welcome to Speaking of Everything with Jeff Bushman. That would be me. Tonight, no guests. We're experimenting with a couple of new media for our show. Depending on where you get this episode, you can get future episodes at tjbsradio.com or wherever fine podcasts and not-so-fine podcasts are available. By the way, uh, I mentioned the name of that site, tjbsradio.com. As a device to help you remember that, it's TJ, like Tijuana is sometimes abbreviated, and BS, like BS is sometimes abbreviated. So it's tjbsradio.com. In future weeks... We're planning on guest conversations, and we hope you'll continue to join us. 
uh, another address to give you. If you want to suggest a guest or make a comment, the email address is tjbradio, no S there, just tjbradio at gmail.com. Okay, uh, a few comments on our headline stories. By the way, this episode will be abbreviated, and my computer is making noise. I hope you didn't hear it, but uh, anyway. So the um, what I was going to say is we are having an abbreviated episode tonight uh, because we, again, as I said, are just, are just uh, experimenting. But in future weeks, uh, we will have guests on the show and uh, interviews with various people, including authors and so forth. I'm, as I mentioned, tjbradio at gmail.com if you have any suggestions in that area or wish to comment on something we say tonight. Uh, the comments on the uh, on the subject of sweeping the f- forest are unsurprisingly idiotic, but there is actually a valid point to be made about this. Um, so he's off his rocker as usual, but he's not entirely off the point. Uh, if some controlled burns were done to reduce the amount of growth, <coughs> pardon me, and therefore the fuel for that fire, while we'd still have fires, they'd be a lot less severe. Now, of course, if we had less climate change, that would also be true, but since uh, cutting back climate change doesn't appear to be happening and control burns are possible, that would seem to be a logical course. Uh, on that news interview that was, oh, I guess you would say circumcised or at least cut off, if reporters in a press conference asked a question and the president or press secretary ducked it or cut off the reporter to call on another one, like, uh, Mr. President, do you have anything to say about the lies you told or admitted to Bob Woodward. And he said, okay, next question. (laughs) That's the same kind of thing. (coughs) Pardon me. If the other reporters would just repeat the question or stand up and walk out, I honestly believe we'd have a lot less of that kind of nonsense. Now, there might also be fewer press conferences, but fewer press conferences when the existing press conferences aren't providing any real information is not necessarily a loss. Uh, getting back to the uh, nomination f- of Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize, that makes about as much sense as me being drafted by an NBA team, and I'm under 5'5". Five five. And uh, Trump stands as much chance of getting the prize as I do of getting onto the Lakers. Now, of course, if it's announced tomorrow <laughs> that Trump wins the Nobel Peace Prize, I'll let you know when you can watch me uh, slam dunking. Now, when we did our show in the past, we had a regular feature toward the end of the portion of the program uh, where I was just talking and we weren't doing an interview called This Week in History. And this week, we'll do a sampling of This Week in History, concentrating on one day right after this message. And the message is that we have another podcast available at TJBS Radio that I do. Again, that's tjbsradio.com called Fairfax. It's a, we also have some other podcasts at that, uh, at that same website. Uh, that one, however, is about growing up in the Los Angeles area of the early 1960s. It's available there at tjbsradio.com and wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, if you're listening to this show somewhere besides that site, please visit us at tjbsradio.com for some other shows that we think you'll like. In this week in history, we're going to concentrate on September 14th. Now, on that date in 1982, Princess Grace of Monaco died in a car accident. She had been 
an American actress who was known as Grace Kelly, kind of the Meghan Markle of her day. But she died in a car accident on September 14th, 1982. By the way, Monaco is a country that is essentially surrounded by France. It's a small little principality, and they have two industries there. <laughs> One is um, gambling at Monte Carlo, which is within Monaco, and the other one is creating postage stamps for collectors around the world. Also on the 14th of September in 1901, then-President William McKinley was shot and killed. Yeah, both of those. Um, on his death, the youngest president we've ever had took office. That, of course, would be Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, and that gives me an opportunity to tell you that if anyone asks you who the youngest U.S. president was, Teddy Roosevelt is the answer. Most people will answer John Kennedy, and he was the youngest person to be elected president. Roosevelt took office on McKinley's death when Roosevelt was just 42. Kennedy was elected and took office at age 43. Also on September 14th in 1951, that wonderful year, the first seedless watermelon was announced. I don't know if it was available to eat, but it was announced. Uh, September 14th, 1951. In 1960, on September 14th, OPEC, that's the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, was formed. They were created to give the countries that created it some clout when it came to pricing. And uh, because prior to that, they would receive whatever the large countries buying oil, such as the United States and Western Europe, wanted to pay. But they created OPEC so they could have some price independence, as it were. And that manifested itself really seriously in the 1970s during the term of Jimmy Carter. Uh, the OPECers are the ones who caused gas station lines that went on for miles and miles. Um, finally, on that same date in 1966, the national minimum wage was raised. And again, 1966, the national minimum wage, I almost said minimum age, but the minimum wage was increased. 1966, you want to guess how much that was raised to? One, two, three, anyone? Okay, it was a dollar forty. <laughs> and of course, Republicans objected, saying that... Uh, that would result in a loss of jobs. Um, conservatives always say that if you raise the minimum wage, jobs will be negatively affected. So if you ever hear that from one of them, ask them to point to one time in American history that it's happened where the minimum wage went up and job losses were created. <clears throat> they won't be able to do it for a very simple reason. It's never happened. Okay. Um, now, to be fair... It is difficult to assess cause and effect. It is possible that the minimum wage could go up and jobs increase, but they could have increased for other reasons, or they could have gone down, that is new job creation, but be unrelated to minimum wage. <clears throat> Proving a, a relationship, <clears throat> pardon me, there goes my throat. Um, proving a relationship like that is extraordinarily difficult, but, uh, Oddly, it's, as I say, it's never happened. And if it had happened, you can bet it would be all over the place. And they would be able to say, well, in 1972 on March 4th or whatever the date would be. And they, you know, but they can't do it because it never happened. Uh, one th thing before we go, if uh, you haven't read and don't intend to read Bob Woodward's book, Rage, about his interviews with Trump, try to find one of the interviews he's done to promote the book. 
Um, he's done one for Lawrence O'Donnell. I think he did one for Rachel Maddow. He did one on CBS. I don't remember, but he's been all over the place promoting his book. And probably by the time you hear this, he will have done several more. Uh, but in addition to talking to Bob Woodward, they also play some of the recordings of Trump, including one where he admits and nearly brags about lying to Americans about the severity of the COVID-19 virus. Frankly, it's amazing, and I recommend you find one of those recordings, that is one of the recordings of the interviews, and listen to it. If you haven't already heard it, and you believe that uh, Trump tends to tell the truth, you will be amazed. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Uh, please do subscribe and join us next time. And um, in the meantime, please be kind to each other. Good night, everybody.